Once again, good morning. This is the second Sunday of Advent, and this month we're uh, celebrating that event, that that fact. And so each Sunday, we're going to have a uh, Advent message uh, that leads into what I consider to be a, a date-sensitive, relevant message that we're going to talk about as well. And that's going to happen each week. Uh, today, the second Sunday of Advent, is the Sunday of Peace. Last week, it was the Sunday uh, of Hope. Uh, so we lit the, the candle of hope last Sunday, and today we're going to, to light the second candle, the candle of peace. Uh, Advent's a season of Sundays that mark the beginning of a church year. And when you think about it that way, we think we're all wrapped up in New Year's and we've got to wait for January and, and we're driven by the calendar. That's very true. Uh, but <clears throat> when you think in terms of beginnings, Christianity begins with the event that we're talking about uh, and the church year begins, actually, uh, and most all churches as they set up their litany, uh, liturgy for the year, they set it up based on that fact it begins with uh, this season uh, and then leads into the uh, other portions of the year uh, leading into Easter and then and the other things that uh, occur, uh, Pentecost and so on. And uh, we'll be talking about those things a little later on. Uh, Advent's a time to anticipate, spiritually prepare uh, for the birth. And we don't have really any trouble doing that uh, in a physical sense, uh, just as soon as they take down the uh, the Thanksgiving turkey, uh, the ho-ho stuff is up. Uh, I'm not going to do ho-ho stuff today, so we won't. I've said it, and I'm not going to say it again. Uh, the tie I'm wearing this morning, I guess I have to mention my tie, uh, was given to me by a lovely lady uh, several years ago, and it's an interesting tie because she had it for. For about two years, she wanted to give it to me around this season, around Christmas time, and she'd always forget. And she wouldn't remember until Christmas was gone. And then, and then she just felt silly not giving it, giving it to me like on New Year's or on my birthday, which is in August. Uh, mark that in your calendars, by the way. Uh, anyway, so finally she remembered and she gave it to me. She said, I've had this for about three years. And it's time for me to give this to you. And, and she did. And if you get close enough to me, you'll see it. It says, peace on earth. But it pretty much depicts the Christmas saga, the Christmas story uh, with the babe and, and the busy town in Bethlehem and all of that business. Uh, it's kind of a beautiful tie. And I think it, I wear it today on purpose uh, because I think it fits what we're going uh, to be doing. Uh, because <clears throat> the birth of Christ, uh, our Savior, God's gift, lo- God's love gift to us, uh, is what it's all about. And today, even in Bible study, we were talking about uh, why we need Christmas or why, what do we care about Christmas? Uh, and we talked a lot about Easter. And why is that? Um, I have a dear uncle that passed away just recently uh, that used to teach children uh, this little adage that 
without Christmas, there is no Easter. And without Easter, Christmas has no meaning. Think about that for just a moment. Think about the purposes of the, of the two events. Without Christmas, there could be no Easter. And without Easter, Christmas has no relevance, has no meaning. And so this morning, as we come before you with the second Advent candle, the candle of peace, and we're going to be talking about peace this morning, uh, we want to take that in, in mind that that even though this is a time of joy and we give cards and we give gifts and and we smile at people that we would never smile at any other time and and oh, ho 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 and how wonderful it is and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life and we never say that to anybody any other time of year than now. That there's a purpose. And the purpose is the fact that God gave a gift, the most costly gift that could be given. Think about that from a physical standpoint, and, and I think you'll see the significance uh, that I'm alluding to. God's gift of love to us is His Son. God sent His Son. And we'll be talking uh, more about that as we go through this today. So we're going to do this second candle today. The candle of peace. This is the candle we burned last week. I'm wondering, it's going to burn all day, all church service today. I'm kind of wondering if this poor baby is going to make it through, uh, the fourth Sunday. We'll see. And if you come, you can watch and kind of pray with me that, uh, it'll work. Okay. The advent of peace. In a word full of trouble and doubt, human hearts yearn for peace. And I say yearn, my text says yearned, past tense. I say yearn, present tense. Think about what's going on in our world today. Just think about it. It's relevant today, is it not? Yet it eludes them. True peace begins with God. And it's well beyond our means to achieve it. And here again, I'm taking the text and I'm uh, making it uh, more modern. Comfort and joy, darkness and dread hang together in a balance and only the Lord himself can tip the scales. Think about that. Think about human history. And we'll be talking more about that as we go along. On behalf of lowly man came a lowly yet sinless Savior to redeem us all and to bring forgiveness. And we talked about lowly and we'll get to that in a, in a few moments and bring forgiveness and our reconciliation with God. Reconciliation is a wonderful, beautiful word that we're going to really dis- explore today. In times of great peril, the peace he gave us would arise from within himself. The nation stirred with trouble as his coming drew near. Luke chapter 2 verse 1 says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now, historical point, that's, that's brand new. I just figured out a new way to raise money, says Caesar Augustus. I'm going to put a tax on the entire Roman world. 
oh, this is so exciting. I'll be able to buy a new wardrobe. Anyway, you got the idea. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, and unto the city of David. And these are common words at this time of year, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while we were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Luke chapter 2. Verses 3 through 6. Think about that for a minute. Well, we don't have, uh, we have taxation in the spring. You know, that wonderful, beautiful day in April. Let's see, uh, I'll think of the day and uh, the number always eludes me. I can never, any, how many of you want to go back to your city of origin to pay the tax? That's, you know, we don't think about it that way, but look. Everyone had to go back to their roots in order to pay the tax. They could, Joe couldn't stay, Joseph, I gotta be careful. Uh, Joseph couldn't stay in Nazareth and send in a check or say, you put it on my visa card. Uh, you know, he had to go to Bethlehem. He had to go to Bethlehem. And it had to be at a certain time. We all know about certain times. Well, you better lick and stick that stamp in a hurry. And you see the line at a post office box on April the 15th? You want that thing to be stamped with a government stamp April the 15th so that penalties are not ensued? Interesting situation. But, of course, at the same time, his wife, a spoused wife, being great with child, and so it was that while they were there that she would be accomplished, that she should be delivered. That's what the scripture tells us. But thou Bethlehem, though thou be a little among the thousands of Judah. Now think about that. We have the, the county. I'm going to superimpose a political remark on that. The county of Judah. So think of Judah as a county, like Riverside County. Only Riverside County is too big. Riverside County is the second largest county in California, dwarfed only by San Bernardino. And, of course, most of that's uninhabitable because of the, what are those things called? Oh, mountains. That's what they are. Uh, you got the idea. <coughs> so tiny. Tiny. And what I, what I want you to see there in this emphasis, we've heard this verse before, uh, <coughs> is how tiny Bethlehem is in comparison to the, the county itself. It's a tiny little village. It's no big deal. And we have difficulty with that. Cathedral City is a pretty good-sized city. No, not a big city. Certainly dwarfed by Los Angeles. Certainly dwarfed by Riverside City. Certainly dwarfed by... If you say so. Uh, and going on. Anyway, you got the idea. Little tiny place. But thou, Bethlehem, though thou uh, be little among thousands of Judea, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is, to be the ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been told from old, from everlasting. And that's Micah chapter 5. But when they came to Bethlehem, no room was made for them at the end. 
So Mary brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger as it was spoken by the prophet uh, Isaiah chapter 1. The ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people do not consider. Now, think about this for a minute. And this has happened to us. Uh, we've had presidential visits to the Coachella Valley. He flew in to Palm Springs. What happened in Palm Springs the day he flew in? They closed almost all of the streets around the airport for security. So you getting from east to west or west to east on that particular day, was you should have just stayed home. Am I right? Think about it. We were prepared, and we and they knew where he was going to be. They had a, a travel cage so that everybody could hooray, hooray, and whichever president it was. And I'm not being political today. I'm just talking about presidents in general. No particular names are to be inferred. Okay? Um, don't want anybody to get wrinkled here. But, hey, the president's coming. The president's going to visit Palm Springs and Palm Desert and, and Indian Well, Indian Wells, because that's where the money is, Indian Wells and, and so on. We make a big deal of it. I personally have never seen a president in the Coachella Valley. Never. I stay, <laughs> I stay away from the traffic. It's the way it is. How about you? How many of you have seen one of our recent presidents when they came and visited the Coachella Valley for whatever purpose? And yet, the King of Kings has come and there's no room for him in the inn. Now when we go on, and I'll probably talk about this at another time, but when the wise men came, the wise men came, and where did they go? They went directly to Herod's palace. Hey, where's this king that we've heard about? Where do kings live? Well, they live in the palace, Buckingham or, you know, whatever it is. That's where they live. And he wasn't to be found. He wasn't to be found there. And so they went to this little tiny dot on the map. In fact, probably there were no maps that really you had to actually be in Judah and have Bethlehem. Oh, yeah, I think, oh, I think that's... uh no, 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 that's not Bethlehem. That's someplace else. Uh, I think it's over there. That's how big Bethlehem was. And they had to be guided to Bethlehem in order to see what they came to see. That's lowly. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about lowly, lowly, lowly. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their fields, watching flock over uh, watching over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Luke chapter 2. Put yourself there. you got to be joking me, says this shepherd, these shepherds. I'm out here trying to keep the wolves and the bears and whatever else is out there away from eating uh, my prophets up. And what happens? The light, the sky lights up, and angelic beings come floating down or flapping down or however you picture that. You've got to be putting me on. 
I'm surprised that they were able to function. Would you have been able to function? And the angel, Isaiah says, and this is 700 years before, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over thee, and his glory will be seen upon thee. Now that is speaking of Christmas and Easter. When does the darkness appear? The darkness, I personally believe, is that time in on Passion Day, on Crucifixion Day, when the sun was blocked out for three hours. And what was that event about? Back to that lowly child born on this day. And the angel said unto them, Back to the quote present tense. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Calm down. Calm down. I'm not here to injure anyone. I'm not doing lightning today, says the angel. My, I put that in. That's not in scripture. Okay. But I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 and running. Think about that. Don't be afraid. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings, great tidings, Wonderful tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's a promise from the angel spoken for you. Now, let's, because we have the history book and we know what happened, when's that going to happen? Certainly didn't happen in, because very shortly, uh, it's going to be prudent for, uh, pardon me, for Jesus to live in Egypt for a couple of years because there's a price on his head. So where's that peace? The persecution of Israel was going on in in the occupation of Rome by the occupation of Rome for some time. Where's that peace that we're talking about? What's this good tidings of great joy? What is this city? You're born this, born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Peace. Goodwill toward men. Isaiah said, Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forests, and every tree therein. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and the glorified himself in Israel. Gentle Mary laid her child lowly in a manger. He is still the undefiled, but no more a stranger. Son of God of humble birth, beautiful the story. Praise his name in all the earth. Hail the King of glory. And it came to pass, as the angel was gone away from them into heaven, 
And the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Oh, what saying is that? Well, the only saying that they had was what they had memorized from the Old Testament, perhaps the very verses that I read to you uh, from Isaiah, and the proclamation of uh, the heavenly host, I think so. And they, <coughs> and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke chapter 2. Verses 15 through 19, scripture verses we read every single year at this time of year, and rightly so. There it is. The gift of gifts given in such a way. Now, when I, when I wrap a gift, I don't. I have heard of it because my gift Looks like it's been somewhere before it got to you. <clears throat> That's just the way it is. Uh, I can believe one of my eyesight. I can't cut a straight line anymore because, anyway, I don't want to give you my medical woes today. That's not why I'm here. But I have my physical limitations. And one of them is beauteous packages. Lowly child. Here we have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. God's love gift to you and to me is some homeless Bethlehem, no place to sleeping in a stable, wrapped in just some kind of a rag. Well, swaddling clothes, there's a kind of a difficult definition for swaddling clothes. Uh, but <clears throat> they got there. They didn't have the bassinet. They didn't have the blue and the pink waiting to find out that, you know, none of that, none of that's there. And I'm not going to try to superimpose that, uh, that the, the visiting, uh, I can't think of the, what, what is the woman that give that helps with birth. What is that? Midwife. midwife. That's the word. Why couldn't I say that? Midwife. The midwife wasn't there with, with all of the, Oh, here, here, Mary, here's a set of bottles, and here's this, and here's this. Here's a breast pump if you need it, and it, all of those, you know, all of those wonderful things. Mary was in a stable giving birth to a child. Now, those of you and most of you in the room uh, have done that. No, not in the stable, but you've given birth to a child, and you realize that you just as soon not do it in the way in which Mary had to do it. And there he is. And there he is. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, in the beginning God created, and Jesus was there, uh, in the beginning there was, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing was made that was made that wasn't made by Him, the Scripture tells us. That's the baby that's lying in a manger in a stable. And if you've ever been in a barn that hasn't been mucked, isn't that the term? Hasn't been mucked recently? 
what a wonderful place to be. Uh, there And there it is. And who comes to celebrate the birth? Stinky shepherds. Why do shepherds stink? Because they're always around sheep. And sheep, well, if you've ever been around sheep, they have an odor all of their own, and they're but they're willing to share it. <laughs> and it's the shepherds that come. It's the shepherds that ooh and odd. Oh, isn't that a cute little guy? Isn't he cute? The shepherds. The lowest rung of the economic ladder. Now the kings are coming. But tell you a secret. They don't come for about a year. Maybe a year and a half. So I'm just messing up all kinds of Christmas displays. Including the one that we lay on our piano every year. We have this wonderful Avon uh, nativity set. With the, with the little stable thing and, and Joseph and Mary and the babe and all, and all that beautiful white personal. And we have, we dust them off so they're nice and clean. And we have all of those that entourage. We have one shepherd. It's only one shepherd that shows up in our scene. We have two donkeys. We have two camels. You betcha we got three kings. We actually have John chapter 4, the woman at the well. She was there too. Uh, I'm, I've read the scripture a bunch of times. I don't want to give a number. And it, but I, I'm pretty familiar with the passage. And I really have difficulty finding her at that blessed night. No offense to her. She was busy collecting husbands. She had other things to do. But she's there in our nativity scene. The little drummer boy, he's there. Anyway, you got the idea. It says shepherds were there. Who was there? I can pretty well just tell. There, Joe was there. Joseph was there. Mary was there. Of course, the babe was there. That takes care of that. Who else was there? Shepherds. Farm animals. Probably several sheep. Probably some lambs. I mean, and there's a probably. Doesn't say it anywhere. Luke didn't say it. Matthew didn't say it. Mark didn't care about nativity. He didn't say anything about nativity at all. uh, As you read the Gospel of Mark. But there was a lamb. There had to be a lamb because you can't leave him alone. So you brought him with you to see this thing that the angels had talked about. And he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Christ that's going to save you from your sins. That is who we're talking about. That's who we're talking about. And he's the Lord of peace. He's the God of peace. And that brings us to the candles. And so the candles, as we light them today, uh, we're going to light two of them. We're going to relight the hope candle. And then we're going to light the uh, peace candle. Uh, <clears throat> there we go. 
That way it gets front. I've already pre-burnt it so it'll light. It took me a little while to get this thing lit last night. It, don't ever want to do that. Let's pray over the candles. Let's pray that as we light these silly little candles that I just switched around on the table, that they do have meaning. They do have relevance to what we're doing today. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this wonderful season, for this wonderful gift. And we take these candles and these candles that represent for us the, the full true meaning of what this is all about. And so we light the hope candle and we light the candle of peace this week and we talk about the peace that passeth all understanding. And we thank you and we praise you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Let there be light. And there was light. Did you light? It did. Now watch this baby. It just lights right up. Quick. I still haven't figured out what to do with this. And there they are. Not a lot of light. And I think that's symbolic too, isn't it? If we were to turn the lights off, and we just might do that next week, uh, <clears throat> not a lot of light. And as you think about what we have here, what I just talked about here in, in the reading, not a lot of light. The angels came and there was a lot of light for the shepherds. Who else saw it? According to what I've read through the, about the whole story, Nobody talked about bright lights. Oh, hey, what happened out over there? Did they have a lightning storm? Did they, there was no talk about what we would think would have been pretty significant. A multitude of the heavenly host praising God. You'd think I could have heard it. Heard it. I mean, when they do Coachella Fest, I hear it in Cathedral City when the wind's right. And I'd like to turn it off. Am I am I embellishing? Yes. Oh, oh. Okay. Anyway. Hope. That's what has been brought to us. Hope. And peace. It's been mentioned. Peace. It's been mentioned. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Son is a Hebrew idiom. For one of, for one who is a disciple or a follower of another in close relationship. Son. Son of God. Think about that. The good seed means the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the son, are the sons of the evil one. When you think in terms of, of what this, the good seed means and what the weed is a representation of in the scripture. Peacemakers. Peacemakers. Why can I say that? Because it's the purpose for which, for which we have been called. But as many as received him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's us. Jesus is the son of God in a unique sense, the only begotten son. John 3.16 describes the unique relationship of Jesus and the father. They can be true of no one else. For God so loved the world, John 3.16. 
But John 3.17 is so very, very important. And if you don't know that verse, I charge you with going home and memorizing that verse, attaching it to the verse that everybody knows, and look at the meaning of that verse. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. You want purpose? You want purpose in life? God gives you purpose. For God so loved the world that he sent his Son. Now I'm going to tell you why he sent him. He didn't send him in the world to condemn the world, the verse says, but that the world through him might be saved. Might be saved. Might be saved. God is a peacemaker. God is a peacemaker. His purpose was to give you peace. And we don't understand peace. All of human history is mired in the blood of war. All of it. Find me an era in history that didn't have blood in it, war blood. And I'll talk about another fairy book I can give you to read. It's there. It's always there. And it's never lasting. In our political climate today, we have people that talk about how many of our of our military have lost their lives in the skirmishes that we're involved in or have been involved in. And here again, I'm not. I'm just. This is the news. One either side doesn't make any difference. Either side lost their lives, costing in blood, and the purpose is always. In order that there might be peace. Peace for us. Maybe peace for you too. But peace for me. Our country was founded on a war. We We had a bloody conflict. It was called the Revolutionary War. And we, we waved the flag and we hooray for George Washington, the general. And, and I'm not throwing rocks at George, but, but there it is. But, There it is. War. War. And the peace is temporary. The peace is temporary. But God is a peacemaker. God is a peacemaker from the very beginning. Abraham was given a promise in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. And God said, hey, go where I want you to go, and I'm going to make of you a great nation. Do you know how long that took over 2,000 years. Over 2,000 years. Didn't happen overnight. Zap! Peace! Didn't happen overnight. The entire Bible tells the story, the lengths to which we we go to achieve peace and don't in a physical sense. But those same links are gone, are shown in divine love uh, to make peace with sinful persons. Sinful persons can't have peace. They're not peace with God. If they have peace with God, they're separated from God. If they're separated from God, then they got what? They've got what's going on in the world. Simple as that. 
Jesus preached peace in the upper room. Peace I leave you. Peace I give you. John chapter 14, verse 27, upper room discourse. He knows that he's going to be dead tomorrow. At this time tomorrow, he's going to be in a tomb. He knows that. Peace be with you. Peace I give to you, he says. The sons of God are peacemakers. God has given to the redeemed that ministry. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what it's all about in this world today. That's why we're still here. We have the minute. You all have a ministry. I know exactly what it is. I just read it. From the Bible. God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now what's reconciliation? Well, let me pick up a rifle and we'll talk. No. That's not it. That's not it. Reconciliation is you making peace with your brother, your sister, your cousin, whoever it is that you've hated for all of these years. And we've talked about this before in another context. We talked about forgiveness and what that does for you in a physical sense. But that's reconciliation. I've experienced reconciliation in my family. Shirley's experienced reconciliation in her family. To the, to the length and depth to which we would like it to be? Perhaps not. But we are, we are working towards that end. And every time that we deal with that individual or individuals, plural, uh, that's our, that's our goal. That's our goal. To reconcile. And in order to reconcile, we gotta forget about tomorrow that we can't do anything about. Can't do a single thing about what happened yesterday. And if you look at world leaders that come together with peace talks, they talk about <clears throat> not retaliation because you did this, this, and this. We're going to do this, 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 and you to you, and now there's peace. No, we're going to, but you're going to stop doing that, and I'm going to stop doing that, and we're going to have love one for another. That's reconciliation. Reconciliation. God has called me to love you. God has called you to love me. Those of you on the left and those of you on the right, and I'm talking about physical in the room, we're not talking political, have been called to love one another. And as you walk out the door, you've been called to love all of those people to the, to the length that you're willing to give them the very gift of love that God has given to you. And God blesses this ministry. God blesses this ministry. Why? Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And listen, and lo, I am with you Always. What a blessing. What a bonus. You want a bonus? Wow. I am with you always. 
even to the end of the world, King James says, to the end of the age. A couple of the other versions say, I will say forever. Reconciliation. God will be reconciled to you. You will be reconciled to God through what we're talking about right here. In the fact that God was willing. He's willing to just absolutely. How could you possibly be what? How could we possibly forgive you for your sin? You need 20 years in San Quentin for sure. Think about it. Think about some of the things. Man, do I deserve this, 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 and this? I'm sure glad nobody knows. And God has said, I love you that much. Reconciliation. I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me forever. I love you that much. That's God. And I'm a son of God. You're a son of God, daughter. This seems to be Ladies' Day today. Philip and I are kind of wondering if we came to the wrong room. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. What's the plan? Reconciliation. And where does the plan start? It starts right here with this lady reconciling herself to this lady over here and vice versa. And as you go through the door, oh, I got to love my sister again. Oh, it's going to be tough, but i that's what he wants. So I guess I get to do it. Uh, that's not the right spirit, but, but you got the idea. I did a message, and we'll close with this. I did a message uh, about forgiveness that talked about family squabbles and so on. And right after the message, the person that was in sitting here like one of you, like you, you're not in the room, by the way, or I wouldn't be telling the story, came to me and said, well, in order for... In order for me to forgive my sister, she has to she has to confess her sins to me. Give me a break! You know, I, said, I basically I was oh, weren't you listening to the message? I didn't say that in the message. Anyway, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan is that you be reconciled in order that you might what? Have the peace that passeth all understanding. God loves you that much. Let's pray. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you this wonderful, beautiful day that you've given us. Once again, to draw closer and closer to you. Guide us now. Take us from here with the plan that you have for us. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask. Amen. This candle is also referred to often as angel's candle. So we're going to be
singing Angels, we are going to have page 100. Let's sing. 